AM one two three four. Welcome back to the weekly score. I'm your host as usual, Thomas Murray, and it's great to be back this week. Today we got a fun episode ahead of us. We're gonna be talking about the NBA playoffs that just took place over the weekend. We're gonna be talking about baseball, talk about the Angels, talk about the White Sox, what's going on there with Yerman Mercedes. We're gonna talk about Tony Larusa. We're gonna talk about the Dodgers. Yeah. Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, we're going to be talking about Julio Jones and the whole thing going on with him right now and the Atlanta Falcons. Get ready for this week's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy it. So finally over the weekend, we had the NBA playoffs again. Um, It was nice to see the playoffs just finally start for basketball. Especially because last season, you know, we had to go through the whole bubble experience and everything. So it was just kind of cool where, you know, the season was very continuous. We were all able to watch it go on, you know. Um, we had a lot of really good matchups that took place over the weekend. We had the Lakers versus the Suns. We had the Grizzlies versus the Jazz. We had the Clippers versus Dallas. Philadelphia versus Washington. Uh, one of my favorite games that went on over the weekend was the Knicks and the Hawks. I thought the Knicks and the Hawks was really cool just because, you know, both teams weren't really in it last year, so they're kind of two. They're two new teams to the playoffs, so you know, two young teams. Uh, I know the Knicks got like some veteran players and whatnot, but you know, it was just cool to see some some different teams in the playoffs. We had Milwaukee versus Miami, and then Brooklyn versus Boston. Um, I enjoyed watching the playoffs. I thought they were pretty fun to watch. So what I want to do right now is I kind of just want to go over the playoffs over the weekend, uh, talk about the games that did go on, and then who I think is going to win the series. Uh, so for the first game, for the set, first set of games I want to talk about is in the Western Conference. The first game, I'm, the first series I'm going to talk about is between the Lakers and the Suns. Uh, the Suns beat the Lakers over the weekend, but to be honest with you, I think the Lakers are going to end up taking it. You know, the Lakers are the defending champs for a reason. They have LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You know, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the best players in the game right now. And then over in Phoenix, you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Chris Paul. One of the more underrated stories this year in the NBA. Chris Paul is a guy that some people consider to be an MVP favorite. But I just don't think... I don't think the Suns have enough to beat the Lakers. I don't think the Suns are physical enough to compete in, with the Lakers, despite all their success all season. You know, the Suns were very good this year, but... The Lakers are the champs for a reason. The Lakers have a lot of size to their team. The Lakers have a lot of depth on their bench, you know, which is something that concerns me with the Suns. I don't know if the Suns can keep up with them. The Suns did win the first game over the weekend. Uh, There was a controversial play that came up in the game. Uh, Frank Vogel was complaining about Chris Paul poking LeBron in the eye, and he was calling it a dirty play. I don't really think Chris Paul meant to do that. You know, I think it was more of an accident. Uh, As far as I know, there's no bad blood between the two. You know, the two were very good friends. I really doubt 
Chris Paul would actually try to hurt LeBron in any sort of way. But I do think the Lakers are going to... I think the Lakers might lose one more game to the Suns, but I don't think the Lakers are going to keep losing to the Suns. I think the Lakers are a much better team, and they're going to go on to the, you know, further into the playoffs. I'm not really sure if the Lakers are going to win it this year, if you want my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Clippers take the West. So we'll see what happens with that, though. The next game I want to talk about is between the Grizzlies and the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to win it. Uh, Memphis is really good. Um, I think Memphis Memphis is able to capitalize with John Morant. You know, John Morant is easily their best player on the team, but I know he's kind of having his injury issues in Memphis. There was like a there was something controversial that happened over the weekend where he was feeling all right to play. You know, he was saying he felt fine, but for some reason the team doctors weren't going to clear him. If they're going to limit John Morant, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Utah. I think Utah is too good. I think Rudy Gobert and I, I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are too good of players for Memphis. I think Memphis is getting there, but I don't think they're there yet. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Memphis in a few years, you know, make it to like the Western Conference Finals, you know, challenge some of these other teams. They're one of those like up and coming teams in the West. So I think Memphis is getting there, but I don't think they're ready yet. I think Memphis will probably get one game off the Jazz, and that'll probably be it. The next game I want to talk about is the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. Yeah, I'm currently watching this game right now as I'm doing this. Uh, I remember I went, I stepped outside of my room real quick because the Nuggets were blowing out the Trailblazers. Next thing I know, I see Damian Lillard's going off. Typical Dame, right? And now, it, and then it was like a five-point differential lead. Right now, Denver's up about eighty-seven to seventy-four, but. I still think Denver's going to take Portland in this. Uh, I don't think Portland can have that magic that they had last year. You know, they got that one lucky game off the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. But, you know, Damian Lillard can only do so much for Portland. I think Portland can get there. I think Portland's a contender for a championship, but I really think they got to go in this offseason and just sign another key player to match with Dame. Talked about is between the Clippers and the Mavericks. Dallas is currently up one to zero on the Clippers, but I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Clippers on this one. I think I think the Clippers are just too stacked all around. I think they have a lot of experience over Dallas, and I you know if anything if anything it shows that experience is needed in the playoffs. You know how important that is. You know the Clippers have uh the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, and Rajon Rondo on their team. You know Rondo's clear Rondo's the starting point guard, but then Pat Bev comes off the bench and is able to take over. Pat Bev has a lot of experience in the playoffs. You know he's been with the Clippers for a few years now. He knows their system. Uh, he knows how to play there. He knows he. He's a good veteran leader to have coming off the bench to lead some of the younger guys when they're playing. Um, I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to be able to keep up with the Clippers. I think the Clippers are 
pretty similar to the Lakers. They got too much depth versus Dallas. You know, Luka Doncic can only do so much on his own. Kind of like what, what kind of like what I was saying with Portland and Damian Lillard. You can only rely on your key player for so long. So I'm going to take the Clippers in this matchup that I have winning it in the West. Now let's go ahead and turn our direction towards the East. In the East, the first matchup is Philadelphia and Washington. I don't think Washington stands a chance against the Sixers. Washington is going to... Washington has to deal with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who have just been on fire this year, especially Embiid. Embiid's an MVP consideration, and I think what Doc Rivers is doing there is clearly working. Uh, Doc Rivers knows how to get this team going. I don't think Washington has enough to compete with Philly. You know, Washington just has Russell Westbrook. Uh, I love Russell Westbrook, but man, I just don't think it's looking too good for him in Washington. Uh, I don't even know if Russell Westbrook's going to stay in Washington that that long. Washington was kind of a surprise team for me this year to make it into the playoffs, but I'm going to take Philadelphia over them, and I think Philadelphia is going to easily sweep Washington. The next matchup I want to talk about is the Knicks and the Hawks. This has been one of the more cooler matchups that I've seen. Just because, like I said at the beginning of this thing, uh, you know, these two teams weren't in the playoffs last year. These were two random teams. Nobody expected the Knicks to be any good this year. You know, especially because they missed out in free agency again. But, you know, guys like RJ Barrett are stepping up in New York. Uh... And I think it's really cool to see him go against Trey Young. Trey Young's a guy that's developing into his own game as well right now. I'm going to take Atlanta in this one just because I think all around they're a better team than the Knicks. The Knicks are starting to get it together, but I do think the Knicks are a star away from being really good. Um, you know, what was really cool about the Knicks and Atlanta game was when I watched Trey Young get that game-winning shot at the end with like 0.9 seconds to go, and you just you saw him just float that ball in there, and then he ran off and he shushed the crowd, and the the whole place was just quiet in Madison Square Garden. You know, when I saw him do that, it just reminded me so much of Kobe and Kobe's game of being able to silent a whole arena just by a little float of a shot. I think this is probably the coolest matchup to watch, though, guys. It can really go any other way. But I'm going to take Atlanta in it just because I think Trey Young is going to be able to carry them and take them to the next round. I don't know how far Atlanta can get in this, but I think he can do a good job at taking them pretty far. We'll see where they end up. But yeah, I'm going to take Atlanta. In the East, we got Milwaukee versus Miami. I think Milwaukee's going to have their way with Miami. Despite Miami being the Eastern Conference champs last year, I don't think they're the same team anymore. I don't know what's the deal with them. Uh, it could be just because it could be inconsistent play due to lack of offseason, you know? Like, I feel like that's a thing with these a lot of these teams. Miami, Boston, Portland. You know, these guys weren't able to have a full offseason together anymore. But I'm not going to say that's an excuse for them because literally every team in the NBA had the same offseason. 
as one another, but I do believe that it can that not being able to work out, you know, going from when going from what was the end of the season and early October, September last year for a lot of these guys, and then going back to playing in December, um, I think that can really, you know, just I don't think the players were able to rest enough. You know, and I think that's the thing with Miami, no matter despite, you know, how young and youthful they are, I don't think Miami just has that team chemistry like they had last year in the bubble, you know, where we saw them shine. Or we saw like uh Bam just making all the defensive plays. We saw Jimmy Butler leading these guys, even Tyler Hero, you know, making all these clutch threes. I don't think Miami's the team that they were last year. I think they can get back to that next year. But I think Milwaukee is just too good for them. You know, I think Giannis is, you know, Giannis is the next, like, great coming basketball player that we have. I think I think Giannis is the next LeBron for our age. You know, he's ready to take it up to the next generation. Kind of like how Kobe passed the baton to LeBron at the end of his career. You know, so I really like I really like Milwaukee in this one. Um, maybe Miami can get back there next year, but I don't think they're the same team that they were a year ago. And then the next game I want to talk about is between Brooklyn and Boston. I like Brooklyn in this game. I think I think if the Celtics had Jalen Brown, they would stand a chance, but. Realistically, looking at the regular season, the Celtics were basically getting bullied by Brooklyn all year. Um, like I said, Boston's without Jalen Brown. Boston's been an inconsistent team. I think Boston's been affected by the pandemic. You know, just not being able to have a full offseason, build team chemistry with one another. Boston's lacking depth all over the place. Uh, I think they really need to kind of look around at some of these young guys that they've been drafting and decide what they want to do with them. Maybe they can try to trade a few guys. You know, Peyton Pritchard's been a su- surprise story in Boston. He's been he's been a scoring machine. So, you know, maybe they can trade some of these other dudes around and then just get ready for next season. I think next season Boston will be a lot better. You know, a lot of people had high expectations for them, but I don't I don't think Boston can handle Brooklyn. I don't think they're going to be able to take Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. You know, these all, all three of these guys are healthy. We saw that the other night in the first game between the two. And, you know, this is like one of the first times we saw the big three in Brooklyn fully healthy and what they could do. You know, so... I like Brooklyn in this matchup, but we'll see what happens. But so that's what I got for the NBA's uh, first round of playoffs. I got the Lakers over the Suns. I got the Jazz. I got the Clippers over Dallas. And I got the Nuggets over the Blazers. And then in the East, I got Philly. I got Atlanta. I got Milwaukee and I got Brooklyn over Boston. Um, it's gonna be fun to watch the NBA playoffs. So NBA playoffs are always a lot of fun. It's literally this time of the year is probably one of my favorite times in terms of sport. 
in terms of sports just because I love watching playoff basketball. I think playoff basketball is like peak basketball. Honestly, I think playoff just regular playoff basketball is better than the finals. Uh there's just so much competitiveness between all the all 16 teams in the playoffs. So I like this is what I got. I'm excited to watch the playoffs. I'm excited it's here. I'm looking forward to more games in the future. But now let's let's talk some baseball. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox uh, and Tony La Russa. Man, so last week in the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota's, Minnesota Twins game, uh, there was a controversial play that happened uh, that, that was caused by your man, Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes hit a home run against Williams Astudillo. Williams is a first baseman for the Twins and a third baseman. He's kind of like a utility player, but anyway. Um, Chicago is blowing out Minnesota. I mean, the play happened when the game was at 15-4 with two outs left in the top of the ninth. Uh, Mercedes was at an 0-3 count, and uh, Williams threw a ball that was in the, you know, that was in the strike zone, and Mercedes decided to hit it, and he hit a home run. I mean, I get why people are, you know, complaining, you know, that it's the whole unwritten rules of baseball and whatnot, but, you know, you play to win, you're, you're professionals, you're not kids, you know, you're getting paid to do this. Um, you know, it's just part of the game. I think, I think the unwritten rules of baseball just, I don't know, man. I don't think the unwritten rules of baseball should really be there. And I've seen a lot of players agreeing with me, you know, I've seen Noah Syndergaard come out about this and say that the unwritten rules of baseball are just stupid. Trevor Bowers talked about this. Um. I mean, even, even, uh, even Yerman's teammate Lance Lynn, who's a pitcher for the White Sox, agreed with his decision to hit the ball. You know, and he and I quote, uh, Lance Lynn disagreed that Yerman did anything wrong. If uh, Lance Lynn said, if a position player is on the mound, there are no rules. Let's get the damn game over with. And if you have a, if you have a problem with whatever happened, then put a pitcher out there. You know he's right. I mean, if you have a problem with what he did, either take it up in the next game, hit him with the ball, you know, that's old school baseball. That's what I miss seeing, you know. I know a guy that I would think of that would do that would be like Nolan Ryan. You know, I miss that kind of baseball, you know. Never forget when Nolan Ryan uh, challenged Robin Ventura and then he kicked his ass. In front of everyone. Um, I mean, I don't really see what's wrong with what he did. You know, like I said, you're an adult. You're getting paid to play this game. Uh, if you have a problem with the White Sox doing that to you, then beat, then beat the team. You know, do something about it. You're clearly giving up if you're putting in a position player to pitch for you when you have guys in the bullpen. You know, so if you have a problem with that, 
you did it to yourself. You know, you should know you should have expected this to happen. Uh White Sox manager Tony LaRusso was pissed off about the whole thing. He even apologized about the whole thing. Uh and I quote LaRusso said, "He made a mistake. There will be a consequence he has to endure within our family," which I think is just I don't know. I think you should back your players. I think you should support them. You know, LaRusso is a first time well, he's not a first-time manager, but this is his first. T- this is his first season uh, managing again in a long time. Um, even Larusa had something to say about Lance Lynn's comments, uh, and he said something along the lines that Lance has a locker and Larusa has a has an office, and that's what makes them different. And you know, when I heard that, I was just thinking, like, whoa, like this dude's gonna lose the locker room if he's if he's talking like this, you know. He's going to ruin a good thing for himself. You know, the White Sox are currently first place in the AL Central. They're 26-19. and 19. They're a really good team. They got good pitching. They got good hitting. They're one of those teams that can win the World Series this year, you know, just depending how they play. I think they have all the tools to do it, though. If I'm La Russa, I'm embracing my players to just play the game, you know, regardless of the circumstances. Keep doing you, you know, don't listen to the media, just do your thing and have fun, you know. Well, another story I want to talk about is with the Los Angeles Angels. First, we're going to get into Shohei Otani. Otani's on fire right now. He's got 14 home runs with 35 RBIs. His batting average is at 268. Uh, but you know what? Otani's pitching really well for the Angels. He's 1-0. With a 2.37 ERA, he's thrown over 30 innings. Uh, a lot of people were kind of nervous about Otani being able to pitch long, you know, into games this year just because he's coming off the Tommy John surgery. Then there was like the issue with his elbow last year that put him out for like the last month of the season. Otani's only given up 35 home runs, but 45 strikeouts. Uh, you know, Otani would have more games won if the Angels were able to get more offense for the guy. You know, the bullpen has been an issue for the team. But I'm, you know, I'm looking at Otani and I'm looking at how he's playing. He's capturing the league by a storm. You know, he's not even, it's not even just baseball. Like, this dude's getting attention from football players, from the NBA. You know, there's jokes about Kevin Durant going to to play for the Angels now. because. You know, we all we all know the Kevin Durant joke. Uh just him him being a bandwagon player, supposedly. But you know, Otani's playing really good. I think this there's nobody else that I think is playing better than him right now. You know, baseball's a long season. We got till the end of September for this thing, but I'm looking at Otani. What he's doing right now is unbelievable. We haven't had a guy pitch and hit like this since Babe Ruth. You know, this is a once in a generational player. And that's crazy because the Angels already have a player like that. They have Mike Trout. But I'm looking at Otani and I'm like, dude, like what he's doing right now is phenomenal. Um he's given the people in Anaheim something to be excited about besides Trout. It's a really good thing that's going on in baseball right now. It's a great story. I love hearing it. Uh, I love talking about it. 
But right now, yeah, Shohei's my guy. If I had to choose someone for MVP today, I'm gonna give I'd give it to Shohei. Um yeah, I think Otani's pitching great. And I think he's hitting great. I think that batting average is gonna go up later in the year. Just be patient with him. Should have more wins, hopefully. But we'll see. Also with the Angels, they recently lost Mike Trout for a few weeks. He's out for like six to eight weeks, I believe. I was actually at the game Trout, Trout got hurt at. It was really weird because we saw him running. And then out of nowhere, he kind of just stopped like on the way to third. And that's weird because as long as I've been watching Trout, I've never seen him give up on a play like that. So you could just kind of tell that, you know, there was something wrong. And then sure enough, um, you know, it's the top of the second, I think. And Juan Lagar or no, Taylor Ward's moved to center. Jose Rojas is in left and Juan Lagares is in right field, I think. Or I think or something like that. I think Lagares was in left and uh Jose Rojas was in right. But anyway, you know, everyone was war you could just tell in the stadium the life was sucked out of that place because of that, because you know, we nobody was sure what would happen to Trout. Uh, you know, everyone was kinda worried like you know, did he get hurt really bad? Like, what's wrong? Was it, like, a family emergency? Uh, a lot of people were worried that it might be, like, a season-ending injury. You know? <sighs> Thank God it was only a calf strain, you know? He'll be back at some point this year. But, man, when I'm watching the Angels right now, they're really in need of him. The team's playing the most random players, you know? They got Juan Lagares out there, like I said. They got Jose Rojas, who, you know, Rojas has been okay for them. His defense has been pretty decent, but the guy has been struggling and hitting. You know, I don't think he's ready for the majors yet. I think he can get there. Just kind of depends, you know. He, when he was in the minor leagues, like in AAA, he was really good for the Angels or for the Bees. But, you know, it's a different ball game. It's his first time up in the in the majors. I wouldn't be surprised to see him down back in the minor leagues at some point this season. I thought it would have been sooner by now, but uh, I think I don't know what Joe Madden's doing. If you want me to be honest, I know he has Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh in the minors in AAA, and they're both on fire right now. You know, the other day I saw Brandon Marsh knocked out a home run, then I see Joe Adele hits two home runs in a game. I've seen Adele hit like. Two home runs and a game twice already in the minors. Uh, I mean, you know, let the guys develop for sure. If you're going to bring up one, I would bring up Joe Adele before Marsh just because he just got called up to AAA. But, you know, these dudes are coming. That's good for Trout. He's going to have help on the way soon. But, you know, it's it's frustrating to see because, you know, Mike. you could tell Mike wants to win. You know, the guy needs to win. You know, he he put all this faith and trust into Anaheim. He signed the long-term deal in hopes of winning. And the team has just struggled. And to be honest with you, the same issue is every year. Lack of pitching. You know, the starting pitching was doing okay at the beginning of the year. But now it's starting to slip up. And the bullpen has just been... The bullpen has just not been that good either. Uh, it's been very horrendous to see, you know, these guys are getting hurt again. 
you know, I see, I saw like Chris Rodriguez pitching, and I was like, oh, this guy might be really good, you know, just some sort of life for the Angels. But now he got hurt, so you don't really know what's gonna, you don't really know what's happening with the team, where they're going, you know, with all these dudes. They keep getting hurt. But if I'm being honest with you, I don't think the Angels are gonna make the playoffs this year. It's kind of a wash for the team. I know it's early to say, but I think without having trapped for those six weeks, it's really going to affect them in the long run. But, you know, I hope the team can somehow pull together, get hot, get it going. But we'll see what happens. All right, man. So there's another team in the West that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the NL West team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers won the World Series last year. You know, the Dodgers... Clearly the favorite to win it all again, and why not? They have a stacked roster still. Really good team. You know, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. Then they go and sign Trevor Bauer in the offseason. They still have Walker Buehler. Uh, the team ended up losing Dustin May because of Tommy John this year, so that kind of hurt them. But, you know, they get David Price back since he opted out of last year, so that kind of, like, you know, that kind of switches out for one another and then the Dodgers made a move recently uh they signed Albert Pujols which really shocked me when I heard the news that they signed Pujols I kind of laughed about it if you want me to be honest because you know I don't understand why they really wanted him but you know the more I kind of thought about it I was like okay well they don't really need Pujols' bat you know they have a lot of good hitters on the team Albert Pujols isn't the same guy he was in St. Louis anymore. But, you know, when I think about Pujols as, like, an Angels fan, I kind of I remember that Pujols did play really good defense for the team. Um, You know, I still think Pujols is a good defender. So it kind of helped make sense to me when I was thinking about his defense because I know the Dodgers have struggled at finding a first baseman the last few years. You know, there was one point last year where Jock Peterson was playing first base, and that was solely just because they needed him in the lineup, and they had nobody else to put there, so they were just like, all right, man, like, you know, you go do it. <clears throat> so it kind of makes sense to me now that what I think about it, you know, about Albert Pujols going there. You know, you can hit at the bottom of the lineup. He's going to help mentor some of these other dudes. You know, the team agreed on him providing a certain role for in order for him to be on it's really weird seeing him though uh i'm so used to seeing him in red you know because he played for the cardinals he played for the angels for such a long time and now he's like in this bright dodger blue and it's just so weird looking but you know what the move's paying off for the dodgers the team's getting hot now they're sitting at 29 and 18 they're only 0.5 games behind san diego Team's on a seven-game win streak, and they just swept San Francisco, who's been a surprisingly really good team this year. So it's, I don't know, it seems like the Dodgers are finally starting to click. They're starting to get dangerous. If I'm San Diego, I'm worried. If I'm the National League, I'm worried because this the Dodgers are proving they're still the team to beat. Uh, the next series is going to be on Tuesday, May 25th, for a two-game series against Houston. We got Kershaw against Granke, and then Bauer versus Luis Garcia. I'm really excited to see this series. Um, you know, just because of everything between the two teams, all the drama that unfolded with the Astros and the cheating scandal. 
you're gonna Bowers really outspoken towards the Astros. It's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be a good matchup. I got the Dodgers winning in both games though. I think they're much better than Houston. I don't think Houston's as good as as they've been in the past. I think this is the A's division. I think the A's are the best team in the AL West this year. And yeah, I think they run that thing. I don't think Houston stands a chance against the Dodgers, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so in the NFL this week, we got news about Julio Jones. He wants out of Atlanta. Uh, There was a thing that happened on Undisputed where Shannon Sharp went and called Julio and asked him uh, if he was still going to be in Atlanta. Julio didn't know that he was going to be in Atlanta, or Julio didn't know that he he was on live TV when Shannon called him, and he flat out said that, He's out of Atlanta. He wants to go somewhere and win. Um, he asked him about being caught in a Cowboys hoodie. And he he told Shannon that he doesn't want to end up in Dallas because he wants to go somewhere to win. So as an Eagles fan, that makes me happy to hear. Because I still think Julio's a great receiver. I still think he has it. Um, you know, as much as I would love to see Julio Jones in Philadelphia... I think the asking price is too high, but where I think he could go and win and where I think he could be really good is with the Colts. I think him, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Pittman Jr. are gonna would be a dang, would be a deadly wide receiver combination. The Colts have a good offensive line, they got a good running game, and they got my boy Carson Wentz at quarterback. I think I think Indianapolis just makes so much sense for Julio to end up. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what's happening with Julio Jones this year if he gets traded. Uh, I don't know why he wants out of Atlanta. I know the team has been kind of struggling defensively the last couple of years, but the offense has been really good. If I'm Julio, I would be patient with the process of Atlanta. I think they can be good again. But if he wants out, then I'd say Indianapolis is your best bet, bud. Uh, I hope the best for you and. Yeah, I hope you can win some game. I hope you can win in Indy if you end up there. But good luck to you, Julio. We'll see what happens. We have it. This is my take on the NBA playoffs. Uh, this is what I wanted to say about the whole thing going on with the Shy Sox, Tony Larusa, and that whole issue going on there. I think Larusa just needs to embrace his players. Uh, I think Larusa really should just keep quiet about the whole situation. You know, let the guys play. The Twins got a problem with the players. The Twins will take care of it for themselves. But as a team's manager, you gotta support your boys, and you gotta have support from the locker room. Um, we'll see what's happening with the Angels this year and the Trout injury. But enjoy the show from Shohei and. We'll see what's up with the Dodgers. Can they stay hot? Can they, you know, repeat? Is Pujols going to get another championship? Will he retire at the end of the year, if that's the case? And we'll see what's happening with Julio Jones this offseason in the NFL. But until next time, it's been a pleasure hosting you on the Weekly Score. Signing off, Thomas.